0: we're just continuing our series, Be a Man. Be a Man. How many of you have enjoyed our series so far? Be a Man. I know those that have not clapped, you're just still overcoming what happened last week, right, and the week before. And and you know, there's sometimes the Word of God, it's just, it's there to not only instruct us, but it's also there to confront us, amen, and to help us and to teach us to grow so thank you, Pastor Brian, for, for allowing us to go through this series here at our church. But Pastor Brian, a few weeks ago, started this series, and today we're just continuing the series. In fact, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 39. Just go ahead and get ready at Genesis chapter 39, and we're gonna go ahead and park there today. Um, if this is your first time with us, or maybe you've missed the last several weeks, I just want to give you a quick review of what we've been talking about and what we've been learning. The scripture for this entire series is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And it says, be watchful, stand firm in faith, act like men. Be strong, let all that you do be done in love. The first week is, was be a man of humility. We were challenged to learn how to deal with the pride that's in our life and what it means to be a man of humility. The second week is was to be a man who steps up. Last week, to be a man who steps up, and it's the transition from boyhood to manhood, right? From adolescence to adulthood. And this week, today, we're gonna talk about what it means to be a man of integrity. A man of integrity. And by doing so, we're gonna look at a story in the Bible. It's a story of someone by the name of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Jacob and Rachel. He lived in Canaan. He lived in the promised land, and he had 11 brothers. Joseph was preferred by his father. He was his father's favorite son, and this was represented by the long coat of many colors that we see in, in, in the book of Genesis. And when Joseph was 17 years old, he had two significant dreams— and these dreams represented how he was going to uh, maintain this, this status, this, this place of, of in his life where the rest of his family and his brothers were going to bow down to him. How many of you know that his 11 brothers weren't going to let that happen? Right? The 11 brothers, they got together and they were going to come up with a plan to get rid of Joseph. They said, who is this guy? And you can read that whole story in Genesis chapter 37. But ultimately what happens, Joseph is sold into slavery. And he's a slave to Potiphar. Potiphar was the captain of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's guard. Pharaoh was the ruler of ancient um, Egypt at the time. So Joseph became Potiphar's personal servant. And ultimately, he became the superintendent of his palace. And it was here in Potiphar's palace where Potiphar's wife begins to mess with him. Potiphar's wife tries to seduce Joseph. And this is where we're going to open up the scriptures today. So go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 39. We're going to start in verse 7. If you don't have your Bible with you, that's okay. We're going to go ahead and put scriptures on the screen and notes on the screen today. But actually, at the end of verse 6, it says this in the New Living Translation. Joseph was a very handsome and young, a well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come, come. And sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, woman, he told her. My master, your husband, he trusts me with everything in the entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you. Because you're his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. In verse 10, it says that she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around. When he went in to do his work, and she grabbed him by the cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but left his cloak in her hand as He ran from the house. We see here in this portion of scripture that Joseph finds himself in a very uncomfortable, immoral, compromising position. His boss's wife is making all these major advances on him. She's demanding that Joseph sleeps with her. But Joseph refuses and he lays it down. He goes, listen, that ain't right. I'm not going to do it. Quit sending me your friend request. I am not going to be your friend on Facebook. I am not going to follow you on Instagram. Stay away from me, woman. But she isn't taking no for an answer. And she's messing with him every day. And Joseph demonstrates character. He demonstrates consistency. I'm sure he demonstrated a little mobility. Right? But most of all, he demonstrated integrity. And I know that today's message can apply to both genders. This, today's message can really apply to everyone. But ladies, can I have your permission for one second? Can I speak to the guys for a second? Is that okay? Fellas, we're called to be men of integrity. God has created us to be men of integrity. Our church, our community, our nation, and most importantly, our family needs us to be a man of integrity. And that's why we're looking at this today. Because integrity means to have the quality of being honest, to have strong moral principles. To be a man of integrity means to be undivided in your conduct, in your speech, and how you behave. To be a man of integrity, Joseph shows us what that means right here. So we're going to look at three principles from this story that can help us to be people of integrity. The first principle is this. Be careful not to conform. Be careful not to conform. In verse 7 of that story, Potiphar's wife is there and she's saying, come and sleep with me. She demanded She didn't just ask. She didn't just slip him a note. No, she demanded. And you know, in today's world, there's all sorts of demands that pull on our life. There's all sorts of demands that we face on a regular basis that would cause us to compromise our character. And we see Joseph was faced with this opportunity right here to compromise his character. And you see, character, it isn't who we say we are. Our character, who we actually are. You can't fake character. You can fake almost anything, but you can't fake character. The truth is, either you have it or you don't. Either you have it or you don't. It often means that we have to do the right thing regardless of the outcome. It means that we're going to have to probably stand up against the crowd. Regardless of ridicule. Regardless of, of, of what people would say about us. And culture is always like that, man. Culture is always, there's, there's always things going on in our culture that's demanding us to conform, right? There's fads, there's trends, there's, there's what's popular, there's what's hot and what's not, the hairstyles, the shoes, the nails, right? There's all these different things, and there's like this pattern, this active pattern in our culture that's always demanding us to conform. And that's why the Bible says... That in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, because sometimes it's a lot easier to conform. It's a lot easier to conform. Sometimes if if the stakes aren't so high, if the outcome isn't that important, it's a lot easier just to sit back and kind of go with the flow of the crowd. Perhaps your friends are unfairly, they're just talking about someone and they're just gossiping about someone and, and it's someone that you hardly know. You kind of know them, but you really don't know them. Well, since you really don't know them, you just kind of sit back and you just listen and you kind of sometimes chuckle and you laugh and it's a lot easier, right? It's a lot easier just to go with the flow instead of saying, you know what, that's not right. We, we shouldn't be talking about that person that way. Guys, inappropriate jokes, inappropriate jokes, You know what I'm talking about? I don't have to paint pictures this morning. Inappropriate jokes. Sometimes we say those jokes. Sometimes we laugh at those jokes. Sometimes we add to those jokes. That's not integrity. That's just going with the flow of the crowd. And this is the thing, that no matter the smallness of the situation, conforming to those things, it's like a major blow To the maturity and strength of your character. Because when you fear, when your fear of conforming is greater than your fear of rejection, integrity will sustain your character. When it's more important to you to not be worried about what the crowd is saying, you're not gonna conform. That's when when your integrity is gonna sustain your character. It reminds me of the Great Wall of China. In ancient China, there is this great wall that was built around the territory. And the reason why it was built, because the people there, they were sick and tired of their land being invaded by the barbarians from the north. So they built a wall that was so high that it couldn't be climbed. And they built a wall that was so thick that it couldn't be penetrated. So they enjoyed security for a long period of time. But history shows us through the early couple hundred years that they were invaded at least three times. And it wasn't because MacGyver showed up on the screen and he finally figured out how to get over the top. It wasn't because they finally built a contraption and they can penetrate the wall. What happened was the gatekeepers in the doors, they were bribed. And it didn't matter how big and how strong the walls were. There was a compromising situation in these little small doors. And we think in our life, man, you know what? I go to church and and I do the right things and, you know, most of my life is really good but this little thing right here, it's not going to hurt nobody. This little thing that I I can't stop watching, it's only going to really kind of hurt. It's not going to hurt nobody else. It's not going to affect my family. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your soul and it creeps into your life not through the big major walls that you've set up but through these little entrances the small daily choices that we are fooled we are deceived to believe that it's just a small little choice we can't conform especially in the small choices the second principle is this we need to be consistent we need to be consistent because potiphar's wife kept putting pressure on him day after day and she showed up one day when no one else was around And she grabbed him. See, Joseph had already made up in his mind ahead of time. He was going to do what was right no matter what. Whether everyone was around, whether he was by himself. He already decided when this woman comes near me, even though I'm trying to stay away from her, she always seems to find a way to creep into my life. Especially when I'm least expecting it. He already decided. He drew the line in the stand and he said, this is not okay. He made up his mind ahead of time. And there needs to be this moment in your life where you're not different depending on where you're at. There can't be a difference from one situation to the next because the pressure does come. And when the pressure comes, we don't have that luxury. We don't have that luxury to to kick in this sometimes facade that we put up. We put up this perception to people that this is Who we are. This is what we believe in. This is how we act. And then over here, there's this little bit of compromise. Little bit of just conforming that no one knows about, but it's okay. Because sometimes we conform and sometimes we're not consistent and we feel bad in the moment. But then we go, we pray, we feel the presence of God and we're like, everything's okay. We have to be consistent in the crowd, and in our private life. Because persons of integrity, they don't maintain one set of values in public and another in private. People who have integrity are the same in every situation. Popularity isn't important to them. Credibility is important to them. Integrity makes room for credibility. I think about the story of Reverend Billy Graham. He recently passed away. What a great man of God. What a great legacy that he left. So many lives that he touched. And they honored him in such a way that they brought his casket to the U.S. Capitol. That's not normally done for private citizens. It's normally done for presidents and congressmen, anyone that holds a political position. But they honored him in such a way because of who he was and his interactions and the influence that he had in our government. And then they shipped his casket over to South Carolina to the Billy House, the Billy Graham Library. And he had his final crusade, they called it. They had his memorial service underneath this big, large white tent where thousands and thousands were in attendance and millions were watching on live TV. And they had representatives that came from the Middle East, from Asia, from Europe, and they talked so highly of him and his character and his integrity. But what was really special was when his children spoke of their father. And like each child, in one way or another, they said, the same Billy Graham that you saw in public was the same Billy Graham who was at home with us as a father. And there was this one story where there was a child where she went and she married this man that her family kept encouraging, don't marry him, don't marry him. And things didn't work out. And she came back. And she was, she was sharing how she had to drive up this mountain where they were. And as she was pulling in the driveway, she could see her father just standing there waiting for her. And she opened the door and she came out. And he didn't say, I told you so. He didn't say, why did you make a mess of our family name? What he did was he wrapped his arms around her and showed her compassion, unconditional love. He was the same man behind here as he was at home. And I believe he was honored in such a way for two reasons. Because he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ every single time. He preached the message of salvation with a conviction in his heart. And he was a man of integrity. He didn't change the way he spoke when he was in the Oval Office. He didn't change the way he spoke when he was in the Middle East. He didn't change the way he spoke regardless of the denominations that he had relationships with. He was a man of integrity and he maintained consistency. And the final principle is this. To be faithful to God above all else. To be faithful to God above all else. And I was always impressed by this part of the scripture and Joseph's story here when he was in the palace because in verse nine, his response of why he didn't do what he was getting pulled on to do, he says it would be a great sin against God. He didn't say that your husband will be mad at me. He didn't say that I'll end up in prison. No, his response, his motive, the reason why he didn't do what he didn't do is because he was faithful to God. And that's the difference between Christian character that we live today is because we answer to God first and foremost. Is everybody okay? We're coming to a close, I promise. It's going to end okay. Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's what it is. The fear of God is the starting place. But what it boils down to is our willingness to die to our own agendas, our willingness to die to our own conveniences, our own preferences, the things that we want, the things, our needs, and our needs being met. You know, it's one thing to be faithful to your spouse in your marriage. It's another thing to be faithful to God in your marriage. Because there's going to be days where people in our lives are going to disappoint us Because what what do human beings do? They be human. Is that grammatically correct? We just be human? Well, if human be human, then God be God, right? It's not in my notes, but I figured, like, let me slip it in there. But God is consistent, and when we choose to serve him first and foremost, he gives us the grace. He gives us the ability to stand and stand firm and make the right choices in our life to be people of integrity, I'm reminded of a story in this movie called Courageous. There's this man by the name of Javier Martinez. You might have seen the movie Courageous. It came out a few years ago, but if you didn't, we're going to show just a real short clip here. He had a hard time keeping a job. He was a God-honoring man. He was a faithful man. He was faithful to his family. And he finally finds a job that's providing for his needs and the needs of his family. He's there for a month, and the boss asks him to come in for an opportunity. So we're gonna go ahead and dim the lights and, and just watch this this clip here.
1: Mr. Martinez, have a seat. Thank you, sir. You've been very productive your first month here. Do good work. I'm very grateful to be here. Well Mr Martinez the reason I called you in here is that I'm looking for an additional manager to oversee inventory and shipping. Carries more responsibility, but it pays more. Sound like something you might be interested in? Yes, I would. But before I make my final decision, I'd like for you to work a shift in that department next week. You'll see a list of 17 crates coming in on this sheet. One of those crates will be going to a separate warehouse. Mr. Martinez, when you report the inventory, I'd like for you to report We received 16 crates. 17 are coming in. But you want me to write down 16? Yes, that's right. I have another purpose for the extra crate. You are on my team, right? Because I really can't use people who aren't on my team. Tell you what. You think about it tonight and give me your answer in the morning. Make it ten o'clock. But I'll need to know if you really want this job. Good evening, sir. Happy, we need this job. For the first time in a year, we're able to pay the bills. No, Carmen, but he made it very clear. If I was not a team player, he did not want me there. Maybe it's not wrong. It just looks that way. He's the owner of the factory. He asked me to write down false information, Carmen. He asked me to lie. When do you have to give him an answer? Ten o'clock. Javi, if he lets you go, promise me that you will call me. If you don't, then I know everything is okay. Harvey. I don't want us to go back. Good morning, sir. Mr. Martinez how are you this morning? Fine thank you. How are you? I don't know yet. Please have a seat. I trust you've had time to think about our conversation yesterday. Yes sir I did. What did you decide? Are you on my team? Mr. Tyson I
0: am very grateful to have a job here. I cannot do as you have asked.
1: And why is that?
0: Because it is wrong, sir. It would be dishonoring to my God and my family to lie on that report.
1: Do you understand what this may do to your job here? Yes, sir, I do. Javier, may I shake your hand? Young man, you just gave me the right answer. I've been looking for someone to manage inventory and shipping, and quite frankly, you were the last person on my list. But I need somebody I can trust. Will you take the job? We'll adjust your pay. I would
0: be honored to, sir.
1: Good. Then the job is yours. Now, Walter will go over all the specifics with you, and I'll make the announcement to the staff on Monday. Congratulations, Javier. Oh, and Javier, thanks for your integrity. It's rare.
0: Well done. And his boss says to him, you were the last person on my list. But I was looking for someone I can trust. He wasn't the most charismatic. He wasn't the most well-built He wasn't the smartest. He would mess up. But his boss was looking for someone he can trust. I just feel like God's asking us that question today. You might not be the fastest in the room. You might not have the the highest degree on your wall. But can I trust you? Can you be trusted? That's where promotion comes from. Promotion comes from character. Character and integrity, God is looking to and fro. He's looking for people that he can trust. He's looking for people that he can just pour his spirit into and to be used. To quit playing games. Quit the game, right? Last week, quit the game. Quit the game in your relationships. Quit playing games with God. Quit playing games with this thing that you call Christianity. Because there is a God-given purpose for your life. And God can use you when he can trust you. And it's when we make the right choices in our life. It's when we stand up and do what is right. Billy Graham was quoted by saying a conviction that he has in his heart is every time he sits in front of a television screen, He watches as if Jesus was sitting next to him on the couch. What are you watching on TV? On your devices? What's coming out of your mouth? And I'm saying this with love. And I'm saying this to myself. Because you've been born in history now. You have been born for 2018. You have been born for a time as this. Can God trust you? with who he has created you to be. And it's going to require you not to conform, to be consistent, and to fear him above all else.